This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Grays. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Galaxy Wars podcast with Jim and Tom. And in this episode, we are staying in the DC universe uh, from our Peacemaker episode, but we're moving on to something which may or may not be better than Peacemaker, and that's the Batman. Uh, We're going to cover all two hours and 55 minutes of the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, the list goes on and on, uh, and we'll talk about the cast but um, we're going to spoil it from here on out. You know, so you're, you've been warned. So if you haven't seen it this weekend, which I, you know, I believe this is going to be the number one movie of the of the week. And, oh, yeah. And maybe for the month. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else good coming out in the rest of March, but uh, we're going to spoil it. So let's just kind of dive into it because this was a movie that when when it was announced, we were like, OK, great. Another Batman movie. Who, which Batman is it going to be? Because we know DC has like five or six of them running around. And then Pattinson gets casted. We're a little leery. Um, and up, even up until the trailer, we were leery because we didn't know how it was going to be portrayed. So let's let's kind of just start there with Robert Pattinson. What did you think about Robert Pattinson in this movie? I think um, I on here 100% said that it was no way that would ever work. And there's no, I think I said there was no way I'd ever see the movie unless I absolutely have to yeah. for the podcast. And uh, yeah, so that's how, what I thought. of. And I judge it all on, on, um, because of a, a Twilight. And, you know, that may or may not be unfair, but, you know, Twilight's what, 15 years old? I don't even know how old yeah, it is. Yeah, has to be. Point. Maybe it's time to uh, move on from Twilight Hate and just, you know, maybe put that in his past. It's a, a thing we like to forget about. Yeah, I think that's also a thing that he would like to forget about as well. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not moving on with Kristen Stewart, though. She's never. You know, yeah, I'll never see a Kristen Stewart movie. But. I haven't volunteered to see any. There's not there's I know like Spencer's on Hulu and I'm like, eh, maybe I'll give it a shot. But. I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. But in, in terms of Pattinson in this movie, I thought he was fantastic. You know, on Active Geek, we kind of did a preview of like what we're looking for and what we were hoping to see. And a lot of people were saying like, you know, he's going to be a terrible Bruce Wayne and a, a subpar Batman. Well, I think he was a great Batman. And I don't think he he's Bruce Wayne only by name at this point in the game. Like. I've, yeah. I've been reading a lot of reviews on this movie, uh, a lot of the bad reviews. And the, the bad reviews are saying, you know, he's not he's a terrible Bruce Wayne. You know, he's not for the people. He's not for the city. And what they're neglecting is this is a second year vigilante. He's, yeah. he's not even a hero yet. Like the end of the movie, yeah. he becomes a, a quasi hero at this moment. But he's learning on the job. That was definitely Binks's. Uh take away from it was that he doesn't he's not bruce wayne i was like no he's not he's that's why nothing looks polished it's not a i there's action and fun scenes but this isn't that much of an action movie it's more of a like it's almost like seven it's like a drama like like a heart or or zodiac or something like that like a great drama uh there's action scenes it's batman of course there is but like that's not what you'd remember this for is the fight scenes and stuff. You remember this because of the story, but yeah, exactly. He doesn't. He hasn't polished. Yeah, he doesn't have the suit right. He doesn't have the technique right. He doesn't have his timing right. Like you know, he gets beaten fights, but you never see Batman get beat. Yep. Yeah, this is this is the year two story, and I think they pulled off year two perfectly. You know? Yeah, and he's taking notes. He's of every day. Like you're. You're seeing what what is playing out as a psychological thriller mystery. And mm-hmm. this is probably the first Batman movie that I've seen live action wise where he's legitimately a detective. Like right. he's working hand in hand with Jim Gordon 
solving a case. This isn't Batman running around and, and taking down thugs, although we saw a little bit of that in the beginning, which we had already seen in the trailer. This is a young man who wants to do more for a city by being vengeance and getting, you know, getting rid of the trash. I, I, th- I think it's important, you know, yeah, I heard the same criticisms. Like, he's a horrible Bruce Wayne. The jury's out. He's not really Bruce Wayne. Yep. I don't think he cares about Bruce Wayne, especially at this point after he found out his dad tried to do what, his, what he tried to do. Yep. I don't think he cares about being a Wayne or being a good Bruce Wayne. I don't even think he cares if either one of them exists at this point. He's on, you know, he's hanging by a thread psychologically. So, um, yeah, he's not, he's not a good Bruce Wayne. He's, he's not a good, like in the movie, he doesn't, he's not even a good Batman, but that's on purpose. That's, that's his story. Yeah. yeah he, no. I was telling uh, a friend of mine that this is an entry level Batman. Like he hasn't got to yeah. mid management le- level yet or like assistant manager yet. <laughs> yeah. He's literally yeah. like the suit's not polished. Like you said, the car is not polished. You know, there's the part where he's trying to turn the car on and it sputters out. <laughs> and you're like, you know, that's a little bit of the, the comedic relief. But like he's going in there, he's putting himself in more ca- more uncalculated situations than the comic book mm-hmm. Batmans we would see like. Batman wouldn't walk directly into the iceberg lounge surrounded by thugs just to get like a yeah. little bit of answers from Cobblepot. He'd wait till Cobblepot was alone and he'd be more calculated, but not this version yeah. of Bruce. This was the way I look at it because this was a long movie. And this is one of those movies that like I feel it benefited from being two hours and 55 minutes because Matt Reeves used every single second of this movie to tell a story and to build a story and build a universe. This was an entire comic book arc in three hours. Yeah. And you know, it, it may just because it's fresh in my mind, but when I walked out of this, this movie, I was like, this is the best Batman movie I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could easily say that. I, there's nothing that really could. I mean, villains wise, I, look, you can go, Every box that you could create or with that we would create, I think this would have ticked. The cast is unbelievable. Yep. Um, the scariest villain that we've seen. Um, maybe the best. I mean, Joe, Heath Ledger Joker is great, but I don't know. Paul Dano might have just pulled it out, you know. Um, yep. But he is definitely like, there was scary parts of this. Like, that's why I compared it to Seven, like. It has that, that feel, like that psychological thriller feel. Yeah, it's not jump scares. It's just like, and then it, like it makes you feel uneasy. It makes you feel weird. Yeah, this was the most and, uh, grizzled Riddler we've ever seen. Like again, year yeah. year two Riddler, uh, year two everything. Well, you know, year two Catwoman. We'll get to, but Paul Dano gave you know he's a great actor. Number one, um, definitely didn't know that he was older than I am. <laughs> he's 30 yeah. he's 38 years old i didn't realize he's got like a he's got a definite baby face for sure that played it that, that was good in this i think yeah absolutely because it puts him right on par with bruce like if they could have cast mm-hmm. a more grizzled riddler but like th- this had this gave me like saw vibes like where yeah. he's tying him up with the rats and he's got the bomb around the neck and like the scenes yeah. where he's creeping into the room like and you're just like you're just seeing flashes and like that's what i love about this movie because like the nolan trilogy tried its best to keep the movie as dark as possible snyder kept the yeah. movie dark as possible by default because that's his you know his, his <laughs> you know his mo this movie his literal only filter yeah this movie the only time you got lights were through flashlights and headlights of cars yeah well or the city like the backdrop yeah. of the city which was made it cool like it's dark and then, but you see like all these signs and entertainment and do this, and, but and a club. The club was yeah. a cool scene. But Paul Dano, like, yeah. was a phenomenal in this, like absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Like, and I, he went full method in this. I read that he wrapped his face in saran wrap for the whole every the whole time he was shooting this. And when I saw it with Chelsea, and one thing I was telling her was, this movie could have ended six or seven times. Yeah. You know, there's they showed 
what I thought was going to be the ending scene in the trailer where uh, where Edward is in the the, uh, the cafe or the diner. Right. I, yeah. I thought that was it. And then it was like, oh, no, there's act four and act four. Like with every act, it got better and better. And showing that the city had to suffer was even better. Yeah. Where he became the real savior of the city yep. in act four. And like the yeah. Riddler gets like a, a Bane type army where like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, when we were going into this, they were we were led to believe that this was shot in the 1990s. And it wa- yeah. clearly wasn't. Yeah, I, I me and Binks were saying the same thing in the very beginning. It was kind of ambiguous what time we were yeah. working in. And then, you know, uh, they introduced it slowly. And, you know, I thought that was, you know. You technology was uh, modern technology was used great in an like old Batman story. Yeah, you know, and we don't get that a lot. Like the use of tick TikTok. You know, he went yeah. he went on TikTok yeah. Live to set up his whole you know modus operandi. You know, he went out there just to set up his whole militia, and it it touches on stuff that's going on currently in our world with you know like the Proud Boys and stuff like that, just following a you know a crazy man. And then it goes into like so much more. Like he gets caught, and the twist in my mind was like when he kept saying Bruce Wayne, I was like, man, he really knows that that's Bruce Wayne under that cow. Yeah. And he didn't. Like he thought he had everything figured out, yeah. but he didn't know it was Bruce Wayne. And I thought that that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, they led us to believe that he was like slightly smarter than he really actually was. Yeah. And then. He actually reveals it himself, sort of over, you know, over time. But um, yeah, in that conversation, I, I, there was a lot of times I thought I had it figured out, and then, you know, I, I didn't predict, you know, the seawalls. I didn't predict him not like. You think you know, you're like you're saying. You think you got it, and then like, oh no, he doesn't know, and now we got to figure it out all over again, or you know. They kept me on the edge of the seat. Yeah, this is one of those movies that if this is a standalone, I'm happy about. You know, yeah. I thought that if, you know, the rumor was that this is only going to be a standalone, but then Matt Reeves comes out and says, I've got three or four movies coming out. Pattinson said he wants to keep going. But if this, at the end of the day, is DC like we're talking about, if this is a standalone, this is the best Batman movie I've ever seen. Um, and it sets up the universe to follow. Because, one, if this is connected to any sorts of the Justice League stuff, or like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash, whatever, this is your breaking point for the rebirth, right? So, Ben Affleck's gone, there's a new Batman, Flash gets stuck in that multiverse, whatever. But if this is a standalone universe in its own, they've set up the Gotham City PD, with now James Gordon moving towards Commissioner. They set up the Cobblepot show which Colin Farrell amazing and they've also set up that third spinoff that they're talking about is going to be centered around Arkham Asylum so that gives you Edward Nygma well I don't think he was going by Nygma in this one but um, Uh, yeah Ed Parker uh, yeah a few and the surprise casting uh Barry Cohegan as the Joker yeah yeah Uh, what did you think what Um, did you make of that scene uh, I think for me, it was the only scene that I could have done without. Same. Um, because it's just the Joker, yep. and we don't, you know. I think Paul Dano did uh, so much to stand out that um, we didn't need the Joker. If we don't see the Joker for two, three movies, fine. Yeah, uh, I'd be fine with that. Um, but it just looks like it's on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, if you go to Arkham. And you have the opportunity, then I guess you're just going to do it, you know. Yeah. Joker's got a Joker. And you're getting um, a rookie Joker, too. Yeah. So he's also kind of yeah. escalating into this. And it would be cool. Like, yeah. Honestly, if this, let's say that the series that they're talking about is truly set in Arkham, we won't see Paul Dano or Barry Cohegan for two or three movies, like you said, so they can kind of move forward. I got two teases in this that I could think would set up the second and the third movie. And the sec- the first one was uh, Hush. 
Yeah. So they're big hush. They wrote hush right on that paper, right? Yeah. But here's the second tease: the the reporter that Thomas Wayne tried to buy off was named Edward Elliot. Hush's real name right. is Tommy Elliot. Mm. So there's okay. your kind of twist in in this whole storyline that hush could be the next villain and in this universe i think hush fits the best because he's grounded yeah. and grizzled just like vengeance at that took point. me down just as an aside real quick that took me down so like him being in the orphanage took me like through like a spiral of who is he yeah and why is he important because i was thinking out of he must be like the reporter's son yep and then he went to the orphanage and then i like I was just trying to figure out who his parents were and where he came from. And it just, so there was a lot of like, I think he understood the genre. Yeah. Maybe better than almost anybody because he knows that's the kind of stuff we look for is, you know, you throw any type of little hook out there and we're bite and we're going to try to figure it out. Like the hush. He, That's a very obvious like. Yep. And who knows if it will ever pan out. And we said, you know, the best stuff is. The stuff they give us that doesn't pan out, like that's as good as something that does, yeah. because you know we it keeps us guessing, it keeps us on our toes. So yeah, um, it keeps you looking for that, and when you don't get it, like yeah. you're you're you think you know one thing, but you don't know it at all, right? Uh, the yeah. the second tease was on the card with the owl. Um, if Matt Reeves does Court of the Owls. <laughs> I think it it could honestly be one of the best superhero movies in general, comic book movies in general. Yeah. Um, I I thought we were getting something close to it because at the very beginning I was like, is this Court of the Owls? Like it felt like it for a second. Yeah. There. Before, right was he when the uh, the mayor was getting assassinated? I was like, this is weird. It feels like it felt like the Court of the Owls for a second. Yeah, I'd like to see Court of the Owls kind of be the end of this franchise because yeah. you need Bruce Wayne to be established. To have the Court of the mm-hmm. Owls because he has to be, you know, kind of in with the, afflu- the more affluent people. And yeah. the scenes that we got with Bruce Wayne in here, albeit were very short, um, he was very standoffish and prickish towards Alfred, who I think Andy Circus crushed. Um, yep. He had the scene with uh, Carmine Falcone, uh, which John DeToro was made to be Carmine Falcone. Yep. Um, and then he had the scene at the Iceberg Lounge. So, like, yeah. that was... Re- oh, and the funeral, where, like, he was more Batman Every- than Bruce. Everything in this, all the Bruce Wayne scene- scenes, felt like... Um, it-, it just felt like Bruce Wayne was a disguise for Batman. Yeah. Like, he just took a cow off so he could get something accomplished. You know what I mean? Like, it's so... I. Th- I'm willing to say, I'm willing to bet that's intentional. Yeah. Like, that's. It was a disguise to know. the detective. Yeah. Like, you know, Batman is Batman, but you don't know Bruce Wayne is Batman. And I think that that's right. uh, really cool. Before we jump into, like, the Zoe Kravitz of, of this this universe oh, and, yeah. and Jeffrey Wright, what did you think of, like, the, the supporting cast of characters, the Cobblepot, the Falcone? What what did you think about those two guys? Cobblepot. I mean, obvi- the obvious thing is like, how did he? How does that happen? Yeah, <laughs> like that's like Oscar worthy makeup job, I yep. think, because he's a handsome, handsome guy. And I was like, man, how do they do that? Yeah, they turned um, him into a hog. Yeah, but uh, I like like the buddy cop feel to Jeffrey Wright and and, and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Well, Batman. Um, I like that the, the or Gordon and, and Batman. I like yeah. I like how they're like teetering on just being like each other's partners because all of you know we see all of other every every other partner Gordon had turns out to be a scumbag. Yeah. Or, or you know on the take, like the two other captains. <laughs> the captain, the mayor, the head of narcotics. Yeah. Like everybody was in uh, on it. Were you surprised yeah. on how they gave you like? a pseudo spy thriller in this, in this psychological thriller as we kind of went through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, it, it hit like a lot of like, um, like if this was a nineties, it would hit like a lot of the nineties tropes. Yep. Like, yeah, a spy thriller or 
and then you hit a little bit of you know detective procedural and you know all that stuff. It L- was good. A little bit of Mad Max with the chase with through with Cobblepot. Yeah. I um when I was watching it when we when me and Chelsea left, she was like, "Why is this the best Batman movie?" And I said, "It wasn't just because it was a detective story. It was because." The supporting cast around Batman played their role so perfectly that it mm-hmm. can conti- it can continue a universe. And she ca- like she was asking like a lot of questions about what I thought about so and so and 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 these characters. But Cobblepot and and Falcone and everything that was like even the twist with uh, Falcone being Selena's father. Like again, mm-hmm. I go into a lot of these movies, and I know you do too thinking we know a lot about what's going to happen like especially dc we know what's going to happen because they show the whole goddamn movie in the trailer (laughs) but with this one i really had no idea what we were going to get and the people i've talked to were like why is this better than the nolan stuff why is this better than the dark knight and the simple answer is this was one cohesive story Right. There were no side quests. There were no, like, you know, other heroes to build. Like, with The Dark Knight, you had Bruce's story. You had the Joker's story. You had Harvey's story. You had Batman's story. This, you had Gotham's story. And I think that yeah. that was what was more important. They set up they set up how bad the city was without saying, like, this is a Batman story that features X, Y, and Z. Like, they all had an equal part in this. This felt like... This felt as in depth and but as well delivered as like a season of Gotham. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe like season two or three where you know he's starting to turn into Batman. But yeah, it, it felt like as well delivered, and it was only three hours, and you know only three yeah. hours, but it was paced out perfectly because anytime there was a lull, just a, like a, like a natural lull or time to like, let you process what happened. They'd go into an action scene or they, the music would swell, which is a great score. I think it's something we should, you know, the score is amazing. It's perfect. Um, but it was like perfect. It led you into an action scene and you know, you, you get over that and then it moves right into another story beaten. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's all about Gotham. There's no two guys that were great. Like you pick any, any Nolan movie in the trilogy and you know, we get to Heath Ledger who outshines everybody. Yep. We don't have that here. Like, you could ask anybody, and you could say, "Well, this is Pattinson's best best movie," which you know it's the best movie I've seen him in. Yeah, and, and but other people are going to say this is Zoe Kravitz and 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 uh, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano outshined everybody, or you know, you know, a little bit bit of a backdoor Falcone and 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 and. Oz stole the show yep. and everybody's going to have their opinion and they might all be right. This is like easily probably and the best like single cast in a movie I've seen in a long time. Like it's ensemble cast, I would think. And not yep. like, yeah, Avengers had 40 different people that came from, you know, 15 years worth of movies. But, you know, that that trust and that you know their their ability to be on the screen together and and you know their charisma worked but that took 10 years this was a one movie and everybody clicked everybody got their part yeah and everybody and, uh, gave the best performance of their character to date um yeah paul dano the best riddler that i've seen colin farrell the most realistic penguin danny devito's a yeah. goat but like he was fan- yeah. he was fantastic as the penguin but it was too campy zoe kravitz uh 100% yeah. made for this role um in yep. in fact like if they're making series for characters like why not a zoe kravitz bloodhaven series um you, you know those kravitz and and they don't age no so she could stick around for a long time and play the sequel the prequels and yep um 
Yeah, and we kind of get like the seedy underbelly of how these people all kind of like get together and they're they're tangled up. And that's what's crazy is this is something we would see in like mid-season yep. to get the ratings up in, in, in something is how they're all tangled and how their stories like wrap around each other. We got it in one movie, but it was so cohesive and we didn't get lost, you yeah. know, in, in, in the trip. So, And we got to see that Batman has a line. But he's willing to cross a sort a, cer- a certain part of that line, like yeah. For all ben- like benefits of Zoe Kravitz's Selena's character, um, she's a criminal, yeah. you know. But she's not the criminal that Bruce wants her to be. She's a criminal by circumstances. She was forced into this life given her upbringing. So he sees mm-hmm. like the opposite side of the coin for her to his side of the coin, right? That's the dull shot side versus his shiny side. And I like that they teamed up. I like that they they teased, like, the re- the relationship, the ally, like the, yeah. the allyship, I guess, if you would, the team up between those two in the future because that that's a huge part in Batman. You know, him and Catwoman are always tied together, even in the stuff now. I'm reading. Tom, yeah. I'm reading Tom well, King's Batman and Cap. More, yeah, more now than ever. Yeah, but, yeah. and I think that that was that was a smart move. I was reading another review that said like they should have never made Catwoman fall in love. She wasn't even needed in this movie, and she absolutely was. Like she was the linchpin to most of this. Yeah, and like and the tech with the contacts it, were great. I thought that that was really yeah. Cool. I think in the future. She doesn't have to make an appearance in the next two movies. You know, he could fall in love or could be in the future of the timeline. And she makes a return. Yep. And, and he's, you know, when he does is a fully fleshed out person, like he has both sides of it figured out. She can make a return and, you know, his mor- his morals, be, you know, like it is in a comic book. So he starts to question what he believes and can he really love somebody like that? Yeah, I'd like to see. And she might have just gotten worse, you know, as she travels away. Yeah, I'd like to see her come back when Bruce is established as Bruce, like yeah. playboy, ph- philanthropist, all this. Yeah. Right? Batman is now Batman. He's moved from vengeance to the Dark Knight, and I'd like to see her come back fully Catwoman and bring a villain with her, like a, a villain from Bloodhaven, and that's where right. you get your team up. I think that that would be cool. I'd also be cool, like. I'd be down if they gave her her own movie. Yeah, I was gonna say, as much as I like that in story, I don't. I I like Zoe Kravitz too much not to have her. You know, not to want her to be in the next movie or the next yeah. two movies. But you know, well, yeah, give her some. Give her her own story, her own movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of Bloodhaven villains that would be perfect for for Kravitz to fight. I mean, Black Mask would be great, but we just saw him in, in uh, and Bane, albeit, you know, did we see Venom in this movie or are we thinking that that was just like brightly colored adrenaline? Uh, yeah, I, it, it, that he shot into his like port. Yeah. I think he had a heart port or something. Yeah, I think that was just adrenaline for say, or it could be, you know, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that would be too soon. Where, for... where would he get that from? Yeah. Venom. All right, so what if, let's say we get a Zoe Kravitz movie, right? She fights a minor villain, not Kite Man, not Condiment King. (laughs) Uh, You know, maybe someone like Mad Hatter, right? Or the Ventriloquist. She she fights one of those guys, and at the end, it she runs into somebody called Hush that walks you into her return into Gotham. Because Tommy knows about their connection. And that's where, you know, Hush takes Catwoman captive and Bruce has to solve that mystery. I think that that would be great. Uh, What did you what did you think about Jeffrey uh, Wright as Jim Gordon? I like this. uh, I've that's a thing is I've liked almost every Jim Gordon that I can think of. I mean, that's odd, but they've always got like. A stellar actor to play Jim Gordon that I can remember. Um, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, we got the last three were Gary Oldman, J.K. Simmons, and now Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, uh, Jeffrey Wright probably at the bottom of that list until this movie. But um, 
No, I think he did a great job. And, uh, you know, he had a, I don't know how much input he has or, or, or what they tell him or how much Matt Reeves wanted him to be, but I think he did a, a different job. Like, He's still like angsty, still trying to like be the top, not be the top cop, but he has to be, he's forced to be the top cop or the only good cop. Yeah. And, um, you see that a lot, like Batman mentions, like, you know, you're not a bad cop. That's why he's not after you. That's why he's not trying to kill you. So he does a good job of portraying like the exhaustion of being that guy. Uh, but he also seems kind of like taken aback and he's not like he's not the savvy Gordon that we saw with um, uh, Gary Oldman Gary Oldman yeah like who knows all the tricks of the trade he's just he's just an exhausted cop who's been around for a long time yeah at this point. and I love that they kind of t- did the the Batman thing where he shows up and he disappears <laughs> and it wasn't like it wasn't obvious like it was just like twice and they they made it happen and then they moved on i thought that was cool the the thing that so with this movie and kind of the direction wb's taking where i where i sit with it is i think they're starting to get it right with creating a universe rather than a cinematic universe right mm-hmm. so they took batman now they've created two possibly three shows that can fill the exposition while they make the second Batman movie. So in the Gotham PD movie, Jim Gordon is probably going to be promoted to commissioner. So when we come back to Batman 2, he's now Commissioner Gordon, and there's other things. Uh, Other villains are going to be be, uh, introduced. Mr. Freeze, maybe. Harvey Dent. Like, these characters... I mean, Harvey Dent, obviously, because the the DA was was killed. He was blown up. So Harvey Dent's definitely going to show up. And all these, like sub villains are going to start to kind of show up gotham is a powder cake they said it at the end you know oz wants a piece of the pie we know that maroney's still around probably in jail with enigma and joker in jail that brings in the other types of villains that brings in, yeah. that brings in your banes that brings in your you know potential league of assassins and Ra- rachel ghoul it brings in i i wouldn't say man bat but <laughs> I would like them to keep the tone of realism, and they, I think they did a great job of that. Like yeah. there isn't, there was no real supernatural stuff, and you could you could accomplish a lot of those. You can accomplish a a a bane with you know drugs or yep. something like that, and you know Rachel Ghoul, it can be accomplished. Uh, but yeah, I, I would like to keep the tone of like. You know, yeah, no man bat. Nobody's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's peacemaker. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or no, Mister Freeze, uh, because it's hard to. I don't know. I just as long as I, I, I trust them now. I trust what they've done. As long as they could pull it off without like tainting their overall arc and making it like unbelievable, then I'm fine with it. See, I'd like to see if they would go with Mister Freeze because. It kind of seems like they're replicating the '90s Batman's Batman villains, right? Yeah. So they they dusted off the Riddler, they dusted off the Penguin. Mister Freeze obviously would make the most sense to come next, and then Joker, right? I don't know how they could get Mister Freeze right. Um, yeah, in this universe. Yeah, I mean, could they create tech that you know, uh, liquid nitrogen grenades or or stuff like that? Like and still keep it like along the lines of like a Saul type movie where he's there and then he's he's kind of atomized liquid nitrogen and, and turned it into a ray gun. Could that he could make it believable, but it, he would have to be done right for me to be completely on board with Mister Freeze. Um, the, ca- yeah. the casting would have to be right and the tone would have to be right. Uh, and just future predicting, I think. Um... The corporate side of him getting into the renewal stuff is how we see Bruce Wayne start going out into the public. Yep. Like he figures out the way to to handle or or get rid of a lot of what everybody wants, which is that renewal money, is to get into the corporation, the Wayne Corp, 
and take care of it there. So I think that's what how we get into seeing more Bruce Wayne or how he develops the Bruce Wayne personality is by going into the corporation and handling that while still, you know, and then you see him be Batman on the street. So, yeah. Um, One thing that kind of had my mind going with the, the Joker tease and that scene with Barry and uh, Paul in, in Arkham was there was a storyline that came out. I want to say like 2017, 2018, Tom King worked on it. Um, it was called uh, The War of Jokes and Riddles. And it's where those two, the Joker and the Riddler, are fighting over control of Gotham. And I'd like that to eventually be adapted. They're friends now, Maybe, but you yeah. know, f- friends eventually turn into foes. And again, to your point about the renewal, that's where the Court of Owls comes in. Because anything that has to do okay. with money introduces the court of owls you're going to have the board members and the city council who are going to be there and the you know the the arkhams and the rich families that are going to be there to help dictate this money they spent so much time talking about the the royal families of or you know the famous families yep. of uh you know the arkhams and the the uh the, Wayne's, the Wayne's being the 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 royal families of, of uh gotham so <clears throat> that does kind of make me, you know, thinking back on it, not, not at the time because there's so much else, but yeah, thinking back on it, that's definitely a Court of Owls type of uh, storyline. Yeah, I, I like to see that. Here's your villain for Catwoman, if it happens, Poison Ivy. Yeah, Again, that and, that's a character from the, the 90s that we saw. And if they're... And uh, Colin, Colin Farrell's been pushing to get some model yeah or i don't know who so he's been talking about it yeah and, and he, she could spin out of his show yeah, and what's true. this what's kind of disappointing about the future of the dc universe and this is where i think they're they've gone a little they kind of jumped the shark a bit is that in this universe a small minor character to kind of be a gnat in the you know the the lemonade of bruce wayne would be Firefly. And I think that in this universe, Firefly would work, but in yeah. in Batgirl, they're already doing Firefly with Brendan Fraser playing Firefly. So it, again, you're, you have potentials for these villains, but that just shows me that we're going to get like other characters, which could we get a kite man? Sure. I'd, I'd be here for it, but I think right now what we're getting is we're going to get the big ones, the big storylines, and I would yeah, I would be absolutely fine with that. Um, were you surprised with the the Martha Wayne uh, like story? Like the, uh, that she was like her going into an insane asylum. Like her mother killed her father, then she started yeah. going nuts. Like, were you surprised by that? Never heard that in in the comics. Yeah, I've never heard um, the the art like the uh, psychiatric facility like hospitalizations. Yeah, I've read that you know she does have a murky past. She got into drugs at one point. She was dating gangsters, yeah. uh, involved in in orgies, uh, cheated on Thomas with Alfred at one point. Like so, <laughs> so Martha wasn't the best. But I didn't read anything about the the hospitalizations. No. That gave me uh, Joker vibes. When uh, remember when uh, Arthur found out that his mom was just like she was just yeah. a uh, an Arkham Asylum inmate. That, yeah, definitely. That Arkham Asylum could lead to a lot of. I mean, she's an Arkham, so um, she don't ever hear about that either. No, and like one of the things that we got many flashbacks, right? But all of the flashbacks were in current day. And I thought that that, right. that was a genius way of telling the story while adding to the current story, like building the story upon yeah. the story, like painting Wayne as a bad guy through the news and through the, you know, right. the exposition of that, uh, whatever, that presentation. I was so happy that we didn't see them get killed again. Yep. Oh, if they would have like, yeah. if they would have went back and killed the Waynes, I would have walked out of the theater. I don't care how good this movie would have been after that. I would have been done. Yeah, and I mean, they give you, I mean, they mention it enough times, so you know. And then they, you know, they give you the killing of um, the mayor. 
Yep. Um, he's like a surrogate at first for Thomas Wayne. I felt like like he gets that kill, like the the assassination, and then you're like, oh, okay. And then, and I like how they left it very ambiguous as to who did it. Yeah. Could it could it have been Falcone like planned it or? You know, was it something Thomas was into with the the cops, or yeah. was who it, did it was it know? Maroney? Yeah, and even they said, was it yeah. some, you know, street thug? And yeah, you know, honestly, what could be really cool is what if it were, um, Nigma's father who killed Thomas? Oh yeah, and like inadvertently, Edward didn't know this, so he went on this crusade to like give orphans a voice and to show him like you know that scene that or that you know that dialogue he had where he was talking about like 30 kids in a room being like eaten by rats like Mm -hmm. that was like a really graphic scene but like it does paint like old orphanage kind of vibes and i thought that that was like a really good depiction of like inner city orphanages what if he went on this whole crusade not knowing his dad was the cause of it what i kind of like is the fact that they don't he was um he's a lunatic from the beginning yeah. and but you never see like you never physically see, he only tells you about his past and you have to take his word if you want to believe it so at this point some people can believe him but he's a real bad guy like yep. he's not he doesn't he will. Who knows how they were treated? It could come out that all that was true or whatever. But what we do know is that, like, you know, he just told us that, and then he killed a bunch of people. Yep. In in pretty severe ways, so he could just be like a good bad, like not a good guy, but just a a really well played, well written villain that we haven't had because we always like even Thanos. We're like, well, he's got a point. To yeah. some extent, I mean, he took it too far, but you know, some of what he said is it feels right, especially in this time, in this day and age. So, uh, and and it, uh, so we don't have that with him. Yeah, he said it was bad, but I don't know. Nobody else knows how bad it was. Nobody talked about it. It was just him telling everybody, and he could have just been lying, or he he's obviously crazy. So. You know, what happened there? Yeah, I mean, they uh, did a really good job painting him as a deranged serial killer. Like, he had Richard Ramirez vibes. Um, He had BTK vibes. Jim Jones, David Koresh. Like, he had all these, like, cult leader slash serial killer vibes. And they did a really good job at building that. And the fact that he's still alive, I'm happy that they didn't kill him. And they didn't, excuse me, they didn't put him down. Because if... He was a one and done like Marvel has done before. I don't know if the story would have been as important. Like that act four wouldn't have been as important. So we've got an act four where so far he's been in control of everything. Act four sees him lose that control. Yeah. After the, you know, he rescues everybody. Yeah. So I read this, this uh, review and then we'll, we'll grade this. I want to talk about this review for a second. And um, it's from a it's from a YouTube channel that you and I are very very high on, and uh, they wrote this really long review, and they gave this movie a seven of ten, um, and they said that there were no performances that stood out. <laughs> the score was pretty much garbage. The action scenes were subpar. The dialogue was trash. No act like nobody stood out more than what they were given. And the big thing that kind of stuck out to me was they focused a lot on Robert Pattinson's physique. And they're like, there was, there's, it's unbelievable that he could be shot so many times and at near range and not be affected, but at short, like far range and be affected. I disagreed with everything in this point. Uh, any, everything in that article. How does that, how does that get a seven? (laughs) Well, this is also, this is also a company. That's a two review. Yeah. This is also a company that makes Batman fan films. Oh, so oh, okay. so I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to say their name because they uh, they tend to be a little trigger happy with, yeah. you know, trying to drag people through the mud. But I read that and I was like, oh, I kind of lose a little respect for your company. Like, yeah, I completely understand. Like, 
I value your opinion and I respect your opinion, even though it's wrong. And, you know, some people, everybody has the right to have their opinion, but some people shouldn't be said or heard. But that's a soft, that's a, that's the opinion of somebody who is mad that they don't have the best product out there anymore or one of the best products out there or that they didn't make it. Right. Yeah. You know, right. That's yeah. Like that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. The Batman physique thing strikes me as like I auditioned for Batman and I'm bet I'm bigger than <laughs> Robert Pattinson. And like I thought Robert Pattinson not being a tank was good. Yeah. Um Yeah. Know, it, it's that was better than him having a superhero physique. Yeah. Like that makes it believable. He relies on his suit more than anybody else ever did. Like and he doesn't get out of the way because he's too slow. He's too young. If he grows into it and gets bigger, that makes more sense. Or if he doesn't and they make a better story, that makes more sense too. Yeah. Personally, I don't think he can gain a ton of mass without using steroids. No. I feel like he's no. kind of got my build where it's very hard to put on mass, but it's easy to put on fat. Yeah. Uh, because I think... But he's not even that. He's just a, you know, he's he's a British guy. He's, tall and lanky. he's a skinny Brit. But we did see in that I don't know if they played it in front of your uh, your Batman Benedict Cumberbatch looking buff as shit when he's popping up out of that bed in the uh, Doctor Strange trailer. No, they didn't play Doctor Strange. Oh, I had I had the worst. I had the Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, I didn't get that one. Yeah, and I had the Elvis movie. I had the Elvis movie. And man, that guy that guy that plays Elvis. He uh, so he hit me. That his face hits me somewhere deep, and it it just scares me. I like I don't. There's something about it that that makes me feel uncomfortable. You know where he's from, right? No, he's from that Manu Bennett show, The Shannara Chronicles. Oh, he okay. was the blonde elf, oh. like the lead. Yeah. Oh, you know, I didn't finish that. So. He was the lead. Yeah, there's something about him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, he's hard to look at. I have no interest in seeing that movie personally. Yeah, but seeing the Doctor Strange trailer on on the big screen—I didn't screen, see that at all. Seeing that on the big screen was absolutely amazing. Um, but you know what I seen a trailer for? Which one? Me and Binks saw four of them. The Batman. Yeah, during the Batman, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the Batman during the Batman was was pretty big. It was a big trailer. Yeah. And, uh, it's like yeah, I think I might go see it. <laughs> it's like just before you see this movie, here's the movie you're about to see in short form. Like, come on, man, yeah. just ease up on That's it. That's a WB thing, yeah. Very much a WB thing. Like, just beat a dead horse. Now, did you yeah. stay for the end credit scene? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, only only because I had run P and I I read it, so it's a, I read what happens there. It's a, it says goodbye. There's a re- there's a a quick blurb that goes to that website that you're supposed to go to rattle L rattle lab or whatever. Yeah. Um, I went to it and it has a cipher. I'm not spending 25 years trying to cipher this goddamn <laughs> cipher. Yeah. But apparently that website has been updating like weekly and monthly since the, the, the castings have been announced. So oh, okay. I'll, I'll get, I'll go down that rabbit hole. But the most important yeah. thing before we kind of... Or wait for somebody else, though. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as IGN posts it, I'll be like, oh, I've, I cracked it. <laughs> so let's get to the, the most important thing. One out of five, what do you give this? Uh, what do you give the Batman? Five. Yep. Yeah, easily. easy five. Easily. Yeah. I had friends that aren't comic book people text me and tell me how great it was. And that says a lot, too. It's just a good movie. Yeah. It, it is a good Batman movie. It's the best Batman movie. I think maybe I agree. Um, uh, yeah, I think it, um, cause even like the, the Heath Ledger movie wasn't the best Batman movie. It was just the best Joker yep. and he was the best thing in that movie. They were great movies. All three of them. I like them, but this is the best Batman I've seen. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, I'm right there with you, man. I, if I'd go top five, I'd go the Batman, the dark Knight. Because of Heath Ledger, Batman yeah. Batman Begins because of Liam Neeson and that story that they mm-hmm. told, The Dark Knight Rises, and then I'd go animate it, The Dark Knight Returns. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably be exactly there with you yeah. and all those. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this was great. Like, 
and uh, like spending three hours and not even like thinking about what's next. And, you know, I've been having focus issues every time I go out, you know, sitting, looking at my phone. Yep. Didn't care about anything else but what was in front of me. And yeah. Putting the story together. And this was about as good as it gets. So. Yeah. I hope James Cameron sees this movie and realizes what to actually do for a three hour movie without losing your crowd. Uh, because yeah. Avatar 2 is coming out at some point oh, and he can right. let's cut it to like an hour and 55 minutes but this was this was the definition of movie versus film you know yeah. batman versus superman is a, a movie the batman in my mind is a film like a yeah. cat this could be nominated yeah. for awards like this could be nominated for best yeah. picture down the line like like no way home should have been yeah and and you know <laughs> The, the the academy's a nearly a sham, but the fact that this happens in February will probably you know or March, um, it won't get a lot of looks come you know actual time. Yeah. But um, this set a bar for the rest of the movies. They should you know hopefully they're as good as this. And it's nice to see this as the first thing that's fully in theaters. Yeah, not in dig- or not on you know streaming. This is a theater movie. Yeah. And, and it's nice to have that back. Yeah, and, you know, we have two more DC movies coming, three more DC movies coming out this year. I don't think any of them touch this. They're all going to be three different tones. But once those yeah. three movies are done, I think that this is the tone that DC should stick stick to. Yep. I think they should go back to what they initially said. This is the no-joke squad. Like, we're not going to be yeah. we're not going to be Marvel where it's sometimes light and whimsical. We're going to be dark and gritty. And you can get dark and gritty with this. But you can have moments. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to remember, Shazam is basically a 13-year-old boy in the grown man's body. So <laughs> that can be dark and whimsical. But we're going to get the typical rock jokes in Black Adam. The Flash, mm-hmm. we're going to get the virgin jokes because Barry's a loser. Um, Aquaman, we're going to get the fish jokes. Like, we, we know that. But moving forward, they need to tell darker stories. And if it's just with this ver- this version of the Batman, I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, if it's just, if this is its own universe, its own dark, not the, the you know, not the dark universe of like metal or whatever. If this is its own dark universe and this, like, yes, they could, they could tell a ton of stories. They could stay with Batman and, and then eventually branch out to other places and tell grounded you know down to earth stories in them um but yeah if, the, if that's the way they do it and they they can just have all the other stuff that makes a billion dollars because it's a you know it's a blockbuster visually and yep. whatever um and then have this tell the best stories that they could you know come up with and this that's fine yep i totally agree but that's it man we're gonna get out of here uh next week we're gonna talk about murderville yeah, uh, can't wait. Yeah, we're gonna talk. That'll probably be like a half hour episode. But this was this was a long one, uh, albeit it deserved every minute of it. So um, follow us on social media, the Galaxy Wars podcast. Listen to the Active Geek this week, which we will be breaking down Batman as well. Um, and Chuck, I'm sure he wore Batman socks, shoes, shorts, <laughs> hat. He probably brought brought a Batman blanket there. Um, and I'm curious to see where this lands on his his top five but check in with that yeah um and that's it here's twenty dollars buy yourself something nice